Pour parler d'agriculture et d'Europe à la jeunesse. Le climat-wandel erfasst immer weitere Teile der Welt. Farmers help us bring nature back and preserve biodiversity. Ceux qui sont dans le rouge s'en sortent quand ils font plus vert. La qualité dans ce pays, elle doit être là pour tous. The market for organic food in Europe is strong and growing year by year. But the demand is not only for organic food from the EU. Consumers can now buy organic versions of everything from papaya to peppercorns, from coconut to cassava, imported from countries thousands of miles away. Three years ago, the market for organic food worldwide reached a value of $100 billion. And as tastes develop, it's inevitable that the EU will import more and more organic products from third countries to satisfy demand. But this international organic food market raises questions. Can we be sure of the integrity of what we're buying? Welcome to Food for Europe. This is the fourth in a series of podcasts from the European Commission's Directorate General for Agriculture and Rural Development, focusing on organic food and farming. My guest on this podcast is Beata Huber, the president of the Research Institute of Organic Agriculture, based in Switzerland. And I began by asking her about the level of confidence European consumers can have in the systems for ensuring organic products imported into the EU are of similar quality, known as the principle of equivalence. Equivalence means it's not the identical text, but you try to achieve the same thing. I think overall, I would say they can be very confident. But I don't want to deny that there are also challenges and problems, but we have established, meanwhile, in the European system where we can react. And that's what we saw, for example, um, there was a couple of years ago, uh, one was realized that a certification body operating in the Ukraine, which uh, certifying produce export to the European Union, that there were doubts about the quality and the EU reacted and uh, this certification body was not allowed anymore to certify these products. And we do also have nowadays specific rules, uh, for example, for produce coming from Ukraine, from Turkey, China. So as soon as we realize that the system in these countries is not or does not have, let's say, this consistency in the implementation of the rules or the effectiveness of the control system, then the European Union has tools uh, to react on that and they are actually also using these tools. The two biggest markets for organic food are the United States and the European Union. How are they approaching their different interpretations of what constitutes organic food? When we take the example of the US, they have their own regulation and when you read it, it sounds quite uh, different. And what happened then uh, is that uh, people, uh, experts from the US and from the European Union, they sat together, they looked in detail and then they looked, okay, how much is that in reality? How does this work out? And uh, they could actually close out most of the issue that they found out. I mean, when you look very much in detail, there's very little which is left. But there was one big issue, wasn't there? In the US, they allowed the application of antibiotics to fight the fire plate on the other side. In the US, um, it is strictly forbidden to use, to apply antibiotics with livestock. Whereas in the European Union, we have a different understanding. For us, the major point is that we want to prevent 
animals from suffering. And so if there is no other option, we do allow that also organic farmers can apply antibiotics. And the solution here was that we do have an agreement with the U.S., but we say, okay, products which are uh, fruit products where uh, antibiotics uh, were applied to fight the fire blight, they are not allowed for export as organic products to the European Union. On the, the other side, when we from Europe export organic products to the U.S., livestock products may not come from animals which were treated with antibiotics. What role can Europe play? then in developing and setting standards for organic farming and food internationally and also listening and learning from what's going on in third countries. We are really the trendsetter here and I think that's something which we can and which we should also use in future. Worldwide, 80% of the organic farmers are organized in so-called grower groups. And for that, we have a special way of uh, inspection. We don't have to control each farmer, but we control the internal control system of, of the farmers. So far, that was not allowed in Europe. It was only allowed for developing countries. So to organize uh, the 10,000 of smallholders producing cocoa or coffee, for example. Now it will be allowed in Europe. That's new, and I think it's important. And here it would be very important that we have common understanding with the main other markets, with the US, with China, with Japan. Japan, that we have similar rules or ideally even the same rules for such grower group systems. So what improvements would you most like to see to organic food regulation outside EU borders in the interests of EU farmers and consumers? Yeah, it might sound a bit funny, but... um I think what we need to do is we should get a bit away from this impression that we can protect organic integrity only by a strict control system. What we saw, especially when we look into low-income countries, that capacity building is as important as a trick control system to ensure organic integrity so that the farmers really uh, worldwide understand what are the rules to produce organically, what is allowed, what is not allowed, and what are the best management practices. When we think about free trade agreements that the EU has with other countries or groups of countries, how significant, how important is the organic element and the enhanced social conditions that that implies? I think um, it should play an even more important role for the uh, free trade agreement. It's quite clear that what the, the consumers in the European markets, they want to be sure that what they consume does not preach human rights, does not have any negative environmental uh, impacts. And I think here organic agriculture is a great tool and we should Uh, make sure that this is uh, um, accordingly uh, recognized in the free trade agreements. That was Beata Huber, president of the Research Institute of Organic Agriculture. Now, the European Commission launched its action plan for organic agriculture this week. And rather than having me explain it to you, I asked Natalie Soz van der Feiver, a director at the European Commission's DG Agri in charge of quality, research, innovation and outreach, to give us the rationale behind it. And the goal is to strike a balance between supply and demand. It's important on the one hand to encourage consumers to buy organic food and on the other hand to encourage farmers to switch to organic production. Also, we feel that there are always things we can do to improve legislation on organic farming. This legislation has shown that organic agriculture is sustainable. But there are always improvements we can make. And also to encourage other farmers to move in that direction. 
so that organic farming becomes the model of a sustainable agriculture. And above all, a model of a sustainable food system too. When you were putting this plan together, who were you listening to? Who contributed? Which stakeholders were giving you their opinions as to what they wanted to see in the action plan? For the preparation of this action plan, we were in contact, of course, with representatives of the organic sector. We were in contact with other stakeholders, especially consumer groups. But above all, we held a public consultation which lasted 12 weeks and included a questionnaire. We analyzed all the responses received with interest, and many consumers submitted a response. So this action plan represents the demands and the wishes that we received in this public consultation. Of course, we also held discussions with the member states, and even within the Commission, there was a lot of discussion, as many other Commission services are involved. I'm from agriculture, but we worked hand-in-hand with colleagues from fisheries, because the action plan also covers aquaculture. We also worked with colleagues working on environment and climate, all elements, including health as well, which are involved in pursuing our objective of 25% of land under organic cultivation. Nathalie Soz van der Weyver from DG Agri. Thanks to her and to my other guest, Beata Huber. That's all for this episode of Food for Europe. Join us again next week. For now, goodbye. Organic farming is steadily increasing. That's good. Pour parler d'agriculture et d'Europe à la jeunesse. The climate change affects ever wider parts of the world. Farmers help us bring nature back and preserve biodiversity. Ceux qui sont dans le rouge s'en sortent quand ils font plus vert. La qualité dans ce pays, elle doit être là pour tous. 